Welcome to the Face Off Podcast, a podcast where the movies of John Travolta face off with the movies of Nicolas Cage. Until we watch the movie, and we have Face Off. I'm Jess McBride. And I'm Erin Hennessy, and we will be your guides along this journey through the faces of Travolta and the faces of Cage. All the faces. Uh, this is our 10th and final episode, and it's all about men strategically removing their faces to save and or destroy the world. Yeah, it is. Uh, I can't believe we it's... did it. We finally we watched Face Off. <laughs> oh my gosh, it was uh, it was an experience. It w- it sure was. Oh yeah, this was. I mean, dear listener, if you have not seen, seen Face Off yet, it is kind of a. Um, it's like what would you say? It's like the Red Bull of. <laughs> of action movies it's so concentrated there's so much packed into this movie there are airplane chase scenes there's car chase scenes boat chase scenes there's explosions there's so many explosions there's um double fisted pistol shots there's futuristic machine guns yeah doesn't there's a prison there's an FBI agency. There's, there's things that stick your feet to the floor that look like ski boots. That's yeah. That's the prison method of yeah. of control is controlling is feet, magnetic shoes. Um, Definitely. So look forward to that in the future. So yeah, this was such a treat to to wrap up our our season one of Face Off podcast mm-hmm. by watching this magnificent. Uh, this piece this, of art this this magnum work. opus <laughs> this work of work <laughs> it is a work of work it is for sure the summary of the movie is as follows in order to foil an extortion plot an fbi agent undergoes a facial transplant surgery and assumes the identity and physical appearance of a terrorist but the plan turns from bad to worse when the same terrorist impersonates the fbi agent that was actually kind of a nice edit i think you you it was good. I don't think like, I did. Edit did you not it. put any edits? Oh, that was great. I think that because I, I extortion plot is not something that I really understand as yeah. a concept. So I was going to edit that out. Oh, but, you were gonna edit extortion. Yeah, but ext- yeah. I don't know. I left it in. Um. Initially, what? Well, let's just start with like what? What was your understanding of this movie? For the, Before I for watched people, it? Yeah. Or... For people that did not listen to our first episode, which is, is possible, right? I had no concept of the movie. I mean, I guess I did see the trailer, but I think it's still, like, it was, the trailer was, again, just very, like, a, the, there was some action shots or some, some people jumping out of airplanes mm-hmm. uh, into, the, into the water. I think there was the shot of... Um, of the guy jumping from the platform to the ocean. Yeah. Was in it. Anyway, it it seemed like there was no sort of call to join the narrative. I think it was like a lot of vague promises of um of spectacularness. <laughs> so I wasn't I don't know. Like I still I still wasn't even sure exactly what the the face off was. I don't think I knew that it was going to be a full transplant of a face oh no yeah that wasn't clear to me so i felt like they could have done a mission impossible thing Mm -hmm. and just 
put on a silicone face. <laughs> that would have been so much easier. Oh, man. Yeah. So, yeah, they definitely do a full, like, facial transplant, like, taking off the skin and cartilage and putting it on the other person's mm-hmm. face. I couldn't which watch I, it. it. Yeah. And um, I recently had a surgery myself, and so this was a little bit visually triggering of, like, oh, like – they're cutting his face off and then I you know like imagining the pain that you know they kind of explain away like oh we give him these super antibodies or whatever antibiotics that like recover so fast yeah Mm -hmm. but there was like no scarring and it just you know within like one day or so and Mm -hmm. it was like oh yeah this is feels very untrue but yeah so full facial transplant and if this is not clear from the nutshell basically John Travolta plays a relatively, like, focused but mild-mannered FBI agent seeking justice because this madman, played by Nicolas Cage, uh, shoots his son at the very, very first scene of the movie. Yes. They're, like, having a great time at this carousel in the park. It's and so then nice. This... And John Travolta has, I mean, Nicolas Cage has a mustache, and you know that he's trouble. He's smoking the, a cigarette. Yeah, this mustache bodes. And then he bodes shoots not well. So he son. shoots the both of them. He really. shoots both of them. Ends up killing the son, which kind of sets up this um, rival. You know, this need for revenge, but also unclear why uh, Nicholas Cage's character, um, who is. Carson Troy? No. Um, Castor Troy. Castor Troy. What yeah. kind of name it's is a, that? It's a weird name. Um, anyway, Castor Troy, why does he shoot this FBI agent, you know, in this sniper? Like, why is why is this happening? That is unanswered. But the deed is done, so mm-hmm. um, the revenge think, must be had. I think that there's an element of Castor Troy that is just, he's... Maniacal. He, he's maniacal, yeah, and he he almost falls into that Joker category, where you're kind of like, who are you? But it's it's even worse than than Joker because you're just like, I don't really understand what motivates you. Right. You are just like, crazy for crazy was, sake. That was something that was a bit lacking in the in the script. Yes. Which is okay. Um, because we're not here for the script. Are we're we? not here for the script. We're here for Travolta <laughs> and Cage. Um, so basically they start off as basically playing each other, right? Because based mm -hmm. on all of our experience with John Travolta and Nicolas Cage characters throughout the decades, as it were, it was so clear, like, the, the sort of maniacalness that Cage was, was showing in his, like, he would, like, laugh, he was very flamboyant, like, he was, he was sort of over the top as a villain, which was like, oh, this is this is a Travolta villain, yeah. right? Like, mm-hmm. so very, pretty early on in the in the film, they, you know, um, John Travolta's character, who is Sean Archer, Archer. Um, Sean Archer makes the hard choice um, to go, like, to take the face transplant and then enter the prison to get the information of where the bomb is in Los Angeles. They know there's From this, like, bomb Castor Troy's brother from Castor Troy's mm-hmm. brother he's uh he's very silly too yeah <laughs> so I think that 
Sean Archer as an as an FBI agent is again like focused and and faithful to his mission mm-hmm. and kind of mild mannered but also like a little bit cowboy, which is again like like Nicolas Cage and all the characters he plays, mm-hmm. and so I think they like kind of set these characters up for each other to to inhabit. Um, Which is so fun. Like, I know, it's what so a fun, fun opportunity. No, it's absolutely wonderful, especially, like, the, this whole podcast has set us up to observe these actors throughout the decades, like, play their, <laughs> play their things and develop, develop their characters that, you know, they don't stray super far from each other. They really don't. Um, and so... To see the to have a culmination where these two like superstars meet up in this movie, they play each other so that their characters switch and become their rightful characters is mm-hmm. is just pretty delightful. Yeah, something that I thought was really cool when you were because you you didn't hadn't seen this um, when you were watching it you were like. Oh, <laughs> you had this moment of like Nicolas Cage is the bad guy, or you said something about that, and in my mind I was like, oh no, but he's not. You know, like he still gets this opportunity to play the good guy, like to right? Because Nicolas Cage, character. I'm trying, I'm trying to think if we've seen Nicolas Cage as a villain. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't Matchstick think so. Men, he's sort of he's a criminal, of, but yeah. not. He's the he's kind of the hero. He so yeah, like playing bad guys. It's it starts off with this switch where where John Travolta is playing a hero, and Nicolas Cage is playing a villain, and that was something that we were like not used to see because of the rules they choose. Always, actually, I would have loved to see Nicolas Cage in um, Battlefield Earth. <laughs> like <laughs> that be the thing that they meet up in. That would have been amazing. Nicolas Cage totally could have been Johnny. He um, could have totally been Johnny. That's so funny. Oh, this is, so here is, here is a piece of trivia. Originally, Nicolas Cage turned down the role of Castor Troy, citing a lack of interest in playing a villain. However, once he was told he would actually be playing the hero for the majority of the film, he quickly signed on. He loves playing a good guy. I love that. This is, oh my gosh. I love it about him. Um, Oh, this is also an interesting fact. Cage and Travolta spent two weeks together before filming to learn how to play each other. They decided on specific gestures and vocal cadences for each character that could be mimicked, which is, yeah, there's, that does happen. And, uh, one of the things I think that did bother us in that, that was like a, a very, a thing everyone that was watching with us was commenting on was the excessiveness of John Travolta touching faces. Oh man. Um, or of Sean Archer's character. That was like a way he showed affection to his family. So he would just like run his hand down their face. Which in and of itself, it happened so often. Though. It was too much. Yeah, it happened. I don't know, fifty times in the movie, and he would he would caress photographs of faces. He caressed, uh, like you know, actual faces. And then there was this one part where he is opening his heart to this, uh, woman in in um Castor Troy's. I don't know, gang of people, and he's kind of getting to know her, and I think empathizing with her, and he reaches out to to caress her face, and then he realizes what he's he realizes what he's doing, and he stops. Yeah. But I but like, I don't know. Do you think that's something that they decided on together? <laughs> I don't. Or do you think that's something that the director was like, I have a great idea. 
I I think they might have. I feel like that that feels like a thing they came up with. Oh, they collaborated on. They were like, okay, this is going to be a movement. Um, another thing that was, I mean, speaking of movements, just in general, cages like establishing who Castor Troy was. Castor Troy was so maniacal in his move. Like his movements were insane. Like in the opening. It's just nuts when he is setting up that, like, he's planting that bomb, right? And he's he's pretending to be a priest, and he's, like, dancing. He does this crazy dance that has been turned into many gifts, by the way. Um, and slaps <laughs> a girl on the butt and makes all these crazy, like, almost, like, comedic faces. He, which he think... has this sort of crazy eye look, mm-hmm. right? Like, his, the pupil in the center of the eye, really wide eyes, like, huge mouth, smiling, and I... Have we seen that? Has he sort of gone a bit crazy in any of the movies we've seen? Oh, Cage? Yeah, I'm trying to think of uh, that has been employed before. I would in say our... Matchstick Men. There's a little bit of him yeah, kind of acting in this extreme, yeah, unhinged way. And I know there have been movies that he's been, like, famously known to do that in as well. I feel like that we have not reviewed. I feel like that's his, like, special yeah, <laughs> the cage weapon. Special. Like, it's not something that every movie... Is privileged yeah, it's not for to everything. see. <laughs> yeah. Also, freaking Mandy. I mean, Mandy doesn't show crazy, but it shows like rage and pain in a way that we don't necessarily see. Cage. That's true. Yeah, but yeah. So, so there's like physicality that both characters or both both actors really work hard to implement into into the story. Other than that, like the acting. From both of them, at times, feels like too much, right? I think from everyone in the movie feels like too much. It feels like everyone is like a heightened version of a human. Like, if you think about know, the teenage I'm daughter... Think, I'm trying to think of an exception. The only... I would say the only saving grace is Joan Allen. Joan Allen, who plays uh, Archer's wife, is like a semi-normal human being. That's true. <laughs> Who's a little bit But it's also kind of a... I think she makes a lot of sense. She's mm-hmm. a professional doctor um, and is probably has a little bit more of her shit together than her husband, who is like this driven FBI agent that, you know, I guess he's pretty high up because like as soon as that other guy dies, um, his superior dies, uh, he... You know, his identity, who is, you know, being inhabited by the villain at that point, moves up to be that supervisor level. So he's he's obviously, like, this driven guy, but he's also closed off from his emotions. Like, he's not, he's not properly grieving or, you know, has, maybe he's just still dealing with the grief of losing his son to the point where, like, he, <laughs> I love this, like, little storyline where, he uh, gets, he has a scar, he's a bullet mm-hmm. scar on his chest that um, apparently the bullet went fully through his chest uh, and went in, you know, and killed his son. But if the bullet had been an inch to the right, it would have like, I don't know, hit his sternum or something <laughs> and, ex- and his son would have been saved. So he keeps, you know, he has this emotional connection to the scar and when the, he has plastic surgery to become... Uh, Caster Troy, he's like, I want you to replace the scar there, <laughs> you know, to the plastic surgeon, which I don't 
know is a thing. Like, I mean, obviously, but, you know, we're kind of suspending belief in a lot of these, like, surgical skills that we're seeing, but, yeah, I mean, could you replace a scar back on someone's chest? I mm-hmm. don't know. But at the end of the movie, he has sort of adequately dealt with his grief, which I'm not clear exactly how that is. If he's just like, well, I've revenged well, my he... son by killing Castor Troy. Mm-hmm. But he is getting surgery to become his, he, to uh, replace his face again. Um, oh man, so much identity shenanigans here. So Sean Archer is getting the face of John Travolta replaced onto his face. And he tells the surgeon, you know what? I don't need to have that scar back again. Which the surgeon was probably like, great, because that was magical thinking. That would have been I would so <laughs> complicated. Yeah. Also, I'm not the original surgeon that did this. What so. did you think of of the the relationship between Castor Troy and his brother? This brother relationship that we're seeing. I really liked it. Because I think that, I think it was this humanizing element yeah. of Castor Troy. Like, he is... It's like the one thing that it's he like really the cared about, yeah. That, yeah, like, grounds him. And, um, yeah, like, that, I think it was an interesting choice in the setup of their relationship to make him tie his shoe. Mm-hmm. Um, like, he bends down to tie his shoe like he's a five-year-old. But I also... Even though the worked. guy had, like built the bomb yeah right? like he he's like, like a this genius, genius bomb but he builder. was also he was also kind of deranged in his own way and maybe not fully capable of taking care of himself even though he That's was a true. brilliant mind you he know he was like watching his brother mac on this undercover mm-hmm. fbi agent so yeah. it's probably not all all there yeah did you have a relationship dynamic either with the character before they switched, or during the switch that you really enjoyed watching? The brothers, or the... Just, or, like, oh. so So once Troy or Archer switched, or not, like, was there an interaction? I think, I think their interactions with other characters get way more interesting, though, once they've switched identities. So, one of the, the relationships I, I sort of appreciated, even though there was definitely some, some Mickey times, so... Caster Troy, uh, when he has John Travolta's face on, so he's like, imp- you know, an imposter to the FBI by FBI agent character. He sees Sean Archer's daughter in her room with her, with like, you know, she's in her underwear, and he kind of like creeps on her and like looks in the room, and she's like, boundaries, dad, which it's like, yeah, you should, <laughs> I, I think we, I think part of what we're seeing from the daughter is that she doesn't have great boundaries in her life in general, um, but I think that, interestingly, like, Sean Archer has, or is, is sort of neglecting to be a leader in his family. Um, you know, in the pursuit of revenge and in the pursuit of, of being a good FBI agent, he has, uh, you know, he's neglected his wife. They, we, we learned that they haven't had sex for a few months and they're, they're losing connection between husband and wife. And then also 
I they I think the relationship between father and daughter is not is also not great. Um and you know, whether or not that is because Sean Archer's not kind of demonstrating respect for her that like she should respect herself and like you know kind of defend herself and like have a self-identity I don't know so when so when Caster Troy is inhabiting Sean Archer's body he then becomes like a very (laughs) a very amorous lover to the wife which obviously is you know a betrayal of Sean Archer but also he's he kind of teaches the daughter to, um, first of all, like, set boundaries against him yeah. <laughs> as a creepy dad. Uh, so but true. also, like, create boundaries with this boyfriend who, like, comes back to her house. And in, in her dad's driveway starts, like, Taking advantage sexually of her. assaulting her. Yeah. And so uh, Caster Troy comes out and beats up this kid which is pretty great it's a pretty great scene um all i have to say is that like i think that that kind of like tough love in a way and like he gives her a knife which she ends up using Using on him later yeah which is great because it's like i think that that is part of the parental role is like not only to just be like hey we love you no matter what but also teaching kids to defend themselves against the world in a weird way like Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there'll be times when I'm not here to show my support and you are worth defending and you need to do that for yourself. Yeah. So long roundabout way to say I that kind was of, a fun relationship. Yeah, I kind of liked seeing that that relationship mm-hmm. shift a bit after the identity change. What about you? Yeah, I um yeah, I enjoyed that one for sure, that dynamic. I also really like the relationship between Sasha, um, who's like the lover of Caster Troy, mm-hmm. and Sean Archer. Baby because, mama. Yeah, total baby mama. Because I think he initially is really connected, feels connected to her because of her son, maybe. Um, who has like the same like who looks 90s the same. bowl cut. Yeah, looks exactly <laughs> the same as his son. Yeah. And she, like, but they they share this like very platonic care for each other which is interesting because probably her relationship with caster troy was like very sexual and very much like he's just like this promiscuous dude who like knocked her up and is sleeping with all these women and probably he was a little bit um neglectful obviously if he didn't even know he had a five-year-old son right but or he wasn't showing that he was reliable enough for her to I don't think, because I think she says mm-hmm. that he doesn't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like, she she does not trust him to the point of telling him. And he's also not leading a life that, mm-hmm. of security, that, like, he, like, he has a bunch of enemies. Mm-hmm. I think that was part of it, too, is that, like, she didn't want anything to happen to the son to get to Caster Troy. And, yeah. Yeah. Whereas, like, I think... Sean Archer exhibits a vulnerability and, like, a care for her that he, she's finally, like... She, like, needed. Yeah. And and it's cool because then at the end, she basically, like, says, like, take care of my son with, you know? And then he ends up adopting the son, which is so crazy. Yeah, adopting the son without really telling his And wife. also, <laughs> presumably coming home from the hospital? Let's just talk about the, the final scene. So the final scene... <laughs> Is like the the wife is 
puttering around the house and she it, she is a physician she is not going to be someone that just like has him recover remotely like yeah she's going to be involved in his medical care but no she is puttering around the house and then all of a sudden like through the sunlit windows you see um him come john up. travolta as sean archer come you know into the house and she like runs to him and like puts her arms around him and yeah, which is just sort of like, well, where have you been this whole time? I feel like it would have... the hospital. Yeah. Like, yeah. this is the first reveal. So he comes from the hospital with the child. Like, yeah. what has gone... Where's the child been all this time? He probably would have been in foster care. And you can't just, like, up and grab Pull a... kid a, out of yes. foster care. Yeah. And then he's just like, hey... He basically just introduces the kid, like, and suggests that he be a part of their family. And the mom's like, yes. Absolutely. And then the <laughs> the the daughter who now has healthy boundaries and healthy self identity has like none of the like goth makeup or not goth makeup but like, the, like extreme clockwork orange makeup. Mm, yeah. Uh yeah, none of like extreme makeup on uh you know, has her like natural straight hair yeah. <laughs> flowing and she like befriends uh the new little brother. The new little brother. But I also, mean, where was the boy? I because the there was like this crazy shootout scene where so everyone hiding. in the in Caster Troy's like circle is killed, mm-hmm. and he's listening to Somewhere Over the Rainbow. Oh shoot, that's such a good scene. It is so such they, a good scene. They, so with the boy, Andy, right? No, he's Adam. Adam. So Little their solution Adam. is not to be like, Adam, be aware, we are being invaded by the FBI right now, like, let's get out of here. It's like, Adam, don't be afraid, I'm going to put on these noise-canceling headphones and play somewhere over the rainbow. So at some point during this crazy shootout, which, you know, obviously tons of glasses flying, um, bodies are everywhere, uh, people are doing... what. Is there a technical term for, like, the the side jump, where you jump to the side? I'm sure it exists. And you shoot both of your guns. It's such a specific (laughs) action move. Like, there has to be a name for it. Okay, so... I do not know. Let us know what this this term is. Um, Anyway, there's a lot going on in this shootout that lasts for, like, it feels like an hour, but it's probably, you know, just a long shootout time. And... Slow motion. Yeah. A lot of slow motion. Mm -hmm. Um... But, like, half of the shootout is set to Somewhere Over the Rainbow as a cover. And it's, like, jazzy cover. It's, like, sexy Somewhere Over the Rainbow. Sexy Somewhere Over the Rainbow shootout. shootout happens in slow motion. I hope that we're painting a picture and that you guys want to experience the... You should experience this movie. ...over-the-topness of this movie. Yeah, I think it's more important for the purposes of this episode that we, like, definitely focus on the characters because more than the story. And in that, you go and enjoy it. In a story. There, yeah, <laughs> go enjoy the story. Hey, yo, this is Aaron from the podcast. And normally I would put a fake ad in here because I think it's funny. But instead, I just want to take this opportunity to say thank you to anybody who listened to this podcast. This uh, particular episode is being released very, very, very late, but better late than never.
that's what I say sometimes. So if you're if you're here, thank you for being here. That's all. question to ask I who's don't even who? Know who who's who who do you like better as do you like them as themselves do you like them as the other person i mean they're kind of themselves <laughs> i don't know it's so funny uh it's so yeah you're probably right i sort of love <laughs> gosh <laughs> well let me just say that initially um troy's behavior is so off-putting like his it's behavior gross. towards women is disgusting, and his little his little gun drug drawer drug. No, yeah, it's, it's little, not a drawer. It's, it's a box. Kit. Yeah, it's a little box. There's like so many things about him that are not interesting to me, but I like that. I think what is attractive to me about a terrorist like that. Do tell. <laughs> about a terrorist like that is just that you know like he's living life on the edge. Yeah, even if even if I he mean, doesn't have a purpose. Yeah, and to here's do the it. thing: is that like, I feel like this is a this was sort of like John Travolta's prime, like in his like physical prime oh, years, yeah. and so him as the confident villain, uh, I think was the you know the attractive person. Like he knew how to woo, he knew how to woo a woman. Mm-hmm. The candlelight, the Italian dinner, the yeah. the the two lobsters that he somehow found at the grocery store. And prepared. Um, yeah, uh, so I feel like that is maybe more attractive to me. So that means that Caster Troy is the one you find more dateable. Hmm. But as Sean Archer. Caster Troy clothed in Sean Archer. Yeah. I mean, I like a... I like a... I like a bad boy. Yeah. But I... Because I think sometimes... Yeah, I think sometimes, like, Nicolas Cage's characters are so straight, man, right? Like, they're Mm -hmm. so, like, oh, I'm trying to do the right thing. And, like, (laughs) all right. (laughs) Honestly, that's probably who I'd not... You know, I obviously would never get with (laughs) John Travolta. Or any of his characters. Yeah. But I think that there's that, I think that's the, that I would date that person. I would like, I would go to ice cream with him. Totally. I would TP someone's house Wait, with him. so just to clarify, you would go for Sean Archer. No. No. I would go you to You would get ice Caster... cream with Caster Troy. Yes. <laughs> okay. Caster Troy with John Travolta's face. <laughs> I think I too would do that. So we will be fighting. Wow. Here. Yeah, well, because here's the is thing. Is this your first John Travolta preference? I think so. Because, well, here's the thing because Caster Troy, pre John Travolta face, is insufferable. Yes. And I He's think gross. that the change of having to wear someone else's face, which he hates, by the way, um, does change something. It really tones down his persona and turns him into this, like, superpower Sean Archer. Like, Sean Archer, 
who suddenly is sexy and smokes a cigarette in the house and uh, it's, yeah, it's sort of unclear why he why he talks to the daughter yeah. and get and and empowers her <laughs> and 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 woos the. I mean, I think that's just sort of like a fuck you to. Yeah, I think it's just saying like Sean Archer, but in but by doing that, them. he becomes a better human. He does. So yeah, I think I think that's that would be my preference because okay. also the Sean Archer with the the Nicolas Cage slash uh, Castor Troy face in prison, like, I was thinking about that switch, and I did not enjoy that part of the Nicolas Cage character. I, I liked him pre, like, I liked him pre-face, where he was just, like, nutso. I mean, minus, I wouldn't date him, but, but I liked the character choices he made. And then I feel like once he inhabited Sean Archer's body, he was just, like, kind of a wimp in prison for a while. Until he had to break out. And then the breakout was, like, he, you know, he broke out. Like, yeah. he, he kind of grew a pair and was like, okay, no, I got to be kind of like uh, Castor Troy and I got to get out of this prison so I can save the day, you know? But he spent a good amount of time. It felt like he spent a good amount of time being a wimp in prison and being like, oh, I'm stuck in prison. Yeah, the thing is, like, the characters, right? So the the the, the two imposters... I don't think did a very good job of mm-hmm. imposturing. Oh no, right? not at all. Like they, they both so were like, true. "I'm myself with this face on." Like they weren't. Like, yeah, they're making choices right? as the other. Like character. I don't mm-hmm. feel like I don't feel like Caster Troy as the FBI agent did like a good job of, of pretending to be Sean Archer. Mm-hmm. And same with, and same with um, Sean Archer in jail or Sean Archer on the run. Like he wasn't he didn't really know how to inhabit that villain persona. And so, yeah, I, I don't know what that is. If like, well, yeah, it's like your FBI agent really wouldn't know. I don't know. Yeah. They? I don't know. Uh, so yeah, I, I feel like they still kind of continued their characters with the other bodies. Anyway. Well, that said, okay, so we, 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 tabulated the score of of our episodes thus far and the score is nine to nine um travolta to cage that said we have to choose the victor and we could each make a different choice but i think this is the hardest decision we're gonna have to make because even choosing who we date is difficult let alone like who gave a better performance because you could argue that they're making the performance informed by the other actor so like are who was better? Who was better in this movie? We don't even have in to decide which. Off? Yeah. Who was better? <laughs> they were both and then equally we... themselves. <laughs> it's true. Oh. They truly, here's what I will say. They, they, I really think they were a perfect match for each other in this movie. Like I think yeah. they're, I think their egos as actors, <laughs> I think their track record as actors, their <laughs> acting choices, all these different things. The fact that they were at their careers at this point in time, and and John Woo said, you know what, let's let's have these guys act in this movie. It was kismet to bring that word back. We were talking about kismet earlier. It was meant to be, and I'm so glad that they were both in this movie. I think that. Uh... <laughs> 
Oh, man. It's hard for me to be objective because I think they both did an equally... I think they did an equally bad job <laughs> and good job. Uh, and so I feel like it comes down in my mind to, like, who am I more drawn to? Who do I... Who do I, like... Who do I like watching more? Mm-hmm. I don't know that either of them stood out uh, as a superior performance. Hmm. Yeah. And so I, I feel like they both equally were like, I still love my my persona and I'm bringing that to my character. <laughs> um, I don't know that they sold that concept of like, oh, you're an imposter. Mm-hmm. Like they, neither of them were very good imposters. <laughs> um, That's true. So if they both were bad, um, I think I still want to give it to Cage. I know, and I still want to give it to Travolta. <laughs> Obviously, that's so fascinating. Yeah. We're still. I think we're. I think. I think this is just. Uh, this is the. This is where we part. This is where we come together. <laughs> this is where we trade faces. I yeah. I think that. I think. I think I just enjoy Cage better. Yeah. And I think you enjoy Travolta better. Yeah, I think Travolta's so There's wacky. no changing that. So the score, they're still tied. 10 to 10. So in a face-off between Cage and Travolta, it's a tie. It's a tie. <laughs> it's a tie. Because, here's the thing I was also thinking about as I was like going back through the scores. They both have had terrible flops. They yeah. both had... Wonderful victories. I would say probably, I mean, I feel like more of the movies we watched were iconic that were Cage's movies, but they were all, had had like an insane cheese factor and an insane action Mm -hmm. factor that like people in America crave. Yeah. And, And like Travolta being in Pulp Fiction, that's like next level. Like there's no, you know, that is such a like quintessential film. Or adaptation, right? Or both adaptation, of those, yeah. like where they both kind of stepped out of their action roles, and I guess it was great but yeah, performances. Yeah, and but I think that in this journey, which again, they're both of them made so many more movies than we could ever Have watch. Even, yes, um, it's just it's been interesting to see like that these actors really uh, they do bring similar personas to whatever movie they're in i'm trying to think of an actor who's like so different in you know in every every movie movie. and i think that's just that's part of what happens with acting part of its typecasting but i you know even looking at that that trivia fact where like cage wasn't interested in the movie because he thought he'd be a villain but yeah. he was interested once he realized he would be his the good guy cowboy hero again. Which, yeah, I mean, I think that I think that that's part of being of an actor is like you're still a person, you know, like you're still you still have feelings. Yeah, but you're also kind of shape, you know, trying to shape your own story in like the movies that you are part of, mm-hmm. and you don't want to. Yeah, like, you don't want to tell all these contradictory stories. You want to continue to tell... Stories that resonate with you. Stories that resonate with you. And to be a person that... Battlefield Earth resonates with Travolta. Uh, No, he definitely does. Yeah. He definitely champions that that movie, right? Like, it's so... 
it's so uh, and especially the character that he yeah. uh, is and I, he but he probably brings that um, sort of jovial villain characteristic to that to the character I think if someone else was playing it it would not have been so such a sarcastic mm-hmm. alien <laughs> yeah she's very sarcastic he always had a quip and always drank something that looked like surge it was weird Oh man. But well, okay, that's great. I'm glad that we, you know, we got to, we got a chance to do this this series together. A mini series as it were. It was a mini series because I'm realizing a lot of people that do podcasts do hundreds of episodes and I'm like, I don't I don't know if I want to do hundreds of You know what, listeners, if you if there is a movie you really feel you need us to review, we will consider it. That is a Travolta cage, or you think there would be a good a good face off that we could do in the future? Yeah, we could always episodes. do a bonus episode. But I kind of like that we explored this. We explored. We took a sampling of of these. You know this. Yeah, that's what you need to do in statistics. Is yeah. take a small sample. You can't. You can't you interview can't, everybody. You can't get everything. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. No, this has been a great experience for for me. Mm-hmm. I think watching these movies with a uh yeah with sort of objective slash subjective eyes yeah has been super interesting and uh being able to debrief them with Erin get her perspective oh yeah um yeah it's been it's been awesome and this is my first podcast yeah, congratulations. Is this your first podcast? Do you I, have a secret I, podcast? No, I, I don't have any other podcasts. <laughs> I recorded one episode of a podcast. Ooh. I don't know if it exists in the world. Maybe our, our next podcast could be Secret Podcast, where secret, we yeah we could compile the like secret podcasts that people have made and not released. <laughs> and not talked about. Yeah, I think that'd be great. That could be fun. Yeah. Um, so, mm-hmm. how, what are your peaches? Does, do, do peaches mean feel different to you now that you know what it means? I never told you the name uh, of peaches. It's kind of gross, huh? It is kind of gross. It's... <laughs> but I accept it. I think Thank it's you. I think it's taken on more of a meaning of like, oh, this is, you know, a peach is ripe for a very specific amount of time. <laughs> so it's like, this is what I'm enjoying in the moment. It's yeah, a very present sure. pleasure. Yeah. So I have that meaning now. And so the the peach, you know, reference in Face Off just slipped off my back. It was just like, you know yeah. what? I don't It's like I to. heard this and I it's gross, but... I'm moving on. Um, <sighs> what am I enjoying right now? Right now, I am enjoying a revisit of The Office. This is a classic American television show. Um, I don't know that I've seen the, the later seasons, and so now I'm, like, in season eight or nine, and, you know, Steve Carell just left the show, and... Spoiler! <laughs> yeah. Many years later. Yeah, I guess, you just know... Just kidding. If you haven't seen it by now, then... <laughs> you will never, ever. Um, but yeah, I... That's been really fun to see, and, like, see how that holds up. I think the comedy, like... There's certain things that, like, just wouldn't be made anymore because of maybe the progress we've made, maybe the climate that we've created um, interpersonally. So uh, it's been interesting. Like, there's, yeah, 
it's very of its time, but it's still hilarious. And I think that it's just some great character studies, which mm-hmm. I think is not always doesn't always happen in you know like one-off series or um series that are about one character you know like there's like some side characters but I feel like they developed a lot of hilarious uh extreme characters Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh in the show and um a lot of them had a chance to shine as actors and then you know actresses like Phyllis like I think she was a costume. I think she mm-hmm. was the costume designer for the show, got cast in it, and then also has like gone on to to be in other stuff as an actress, like mm-hmm. Inside Out and OA, and like I think that's what happens when you allow people to be multidimensional characters, um, and you give them a chance to develop a unique identity. Is that they, um, yeah, they grow and mm-hmm. they're not stuck in that you know, kind of one-dimensional world. Yeah. What about you? What is your peach? I think my peach was Disneyland. I just got to go to Disneyland with my husband because they're doing a deal thing. and It's $1 per day. $1 a day, $3 Go right now. Get well. Tickets last. While supplies last. Yeah. No, it was, it was, we just like kind of committed to it as people that do not have children and... Maybe that's a little creepy, but we went real hard. No. We went no. so hard. And we had so much fun, and we went on all the rides, and we got the Max Pass, and we, like, tried a bunch of food in Disney, which, for me, I don't remember my parents allowing that no. at Disney, which I feel like if you're going to pay the money to go to Disneyland, you should engage in whatever experiences you want to, I think within a, reason. Yeah, I think as a kid, I... It was, it was like, the food is so expensive. We have to pack mm-hmm. peanut butter and jelly sandwiches for the day. Yeah. And then, but then, like, growing up, it's like, well, like, as a kid, I was like, oh, I think the meals are, like, $100 each, right? <laughs> they like, have to be so expensive. Yeah, so, like, like, you know, this is what you would pay for a car. But, but growing up, it's like, oh, this is, like airport level prices yeah it's It's, not that much more expensive yeah like this is what is not what you should pay every day for food but like it's definitely not like unreasonable it isn't at all (laughs) as an adult it blows my mind so yeah it was just fantastic i my favorite ride right now is radiator springs which is yes just fun it's just a fun ride and it uh, yeah, I enjoy that. I think the Peter Pan ride still holds up. They sure. kind of put some updates in there. Oh, that's and good it's, to know. And it's lovely. It's just still great. Did you I have a it. food highlight? Food highlight? Ooh. I think... Oh, what did we have? We had so many things. Did you have the clam we, chowder in... I didn't do the bread bowl, which okay. I remembered being really good, but I didn't want to eat a whole one, sure. so I was like, okay, I'm not going to get this. I got... What did we do? Um, we did a donut, which was a terrible choice, but it was very good. I mean, what I mean by terrible choice is it was this, with this, like, log with, uh, with, like, a whole candy bar on top of it. What? It was insane. It was, like, huge chunks of candy bar. So we split it and we still felt kind of sick. We were like, oh, this is too much sweet for breakfast. Hmm. But that was kind of interesting. And, um, we also got... Oh, the, the skewers at Bengal Barbecue, 
across from the Jungle Cruise are quite good. Oh, and I've never been it's there. Like I don't really, remember that. Yeah, super simple, uh, super delicious. So, like, they just, I think what I appreciate about the food element is they incorporate it into different parts of the park. And so it kind of, it, it heightens the experience of, like, you're in this different place. Yeah. The theme, like, yeah. I that's feel like they kind fun. of started, it's, I think in my memory there's Dippin' Dots all over the park now. But mm-hmm. I feel like they started in Tomorrowland. Yes. Right? Like, that's it was very the, futuristic. Totally. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is the ice cream of the future, which newsflash it is not <laughs> it is not at all it's not even that good it's not i like i would no, prefer a not. scoop of ice cream it's, it's definitely a novelty but like the the ice cream of the future is still like very fatty cream and <laughs> sugar and just egg tiny yeah. balls no it's great yeah um no yeah that was just like a great peach so it's fun being an adult at disneyland that's wonderful i i aspire to go to disneyland in the next couple years you should return well dear listener um if you've made it this far i salute you yeah <laughs> yes you are at the galaxy's edge you are at the galaxy's <laughs> edge we're about to find kylo ren now uh thank you so much for listening to this episode of the face off podcast yes um you can follow <laughs> can they follow us yeah you can still follow our Instagram at faceoffpod. You can email us um, amazing congratulations and notes of gratitude. Accolades. Accolades. Um, offers of... of Employment. Um, emp- <laughs> Offer, offers of it. movie deals to faceoffpod at gmail.com. We hate to see you go, but we love to watch you leave. Bye! <laughs> Wait! That's what wine is that? He, he uh, um, Caster says it. He says we missed it. Um, I hate to see you go, but I'd love to watch you leave. Yeah, it. Oh, I don't where he that says it. is. What I think I missed it too. Say.